Hello, and welcome back to the Thought Cloud podcast. The goal of this conversation is to uncover a hidden gem that can inspire others along their academic journey. Our guest today is Anushka Bindra. Anushka was recently accepted into Brown's class of 2026, where she'll be attending in the fall in her first semester. She is an international student currently based out of New Delhi, and she has done a tremendous amount of things during her high school to get her to this position. And we're super excited to dig in to see everything that she's done, what she hopes to do in the future, and hear her advice for those who are going through this similar path as her. So Anushka, thank you so, so much for jumping on. I'm super excited to chat with you. Hi, thank you for having me on today. I am super excited to talk to you as well. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So first let's talk about Brown because Brown's obviously a great school. How did you decide on Brown? What were your thoughts going into this process? So I think growing up um, in the Indian system of education is really different to the way I think the American system is built. So um, I think most of the US goes on A's and B's, you have grade boundaries, you hit a certain grade and you get an A, a B, a C, a D. But in India, we have a very, very competitive system where every mark seems to matter, which kind of fosters a bit of a toxic environment uh, academically. So um, a lot of universities in India, mainly all the public universities, have cutoffs that are 99% or 100%. So for example, you cannot apply unless you have a 99 or 100. So I feel like that really shifts the purpose from learning and makes it overly competitive mm -hmm. and toxic. So I think growing up in a system that's so overly structured, uh, I sought uh, after Brown, that's an open curriculum and focuses more on um, the learning process more than actually uh, competition. So Brown focuses more on collaboration, which I think is going to help me in the real world as opposed to such a toxic or competitive working environment. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And I, I've heard a lot about what it's like studying over there, how competitive it is as a high school student. Um, what's the name of the big test that you take over there? Like we have the ACT, SAT, you guys have the, what is the name of that? We have, so of course, the American education system is built for the American college admissions process, mm -hmm. whereas um, the Indian system is not built to adhere to the American college requirements. So we don't have SAT, ACT, APs, anything ingrained into our curriculum. Mm -hmm. We have the ICSE and CBSE board examinations. Okay. And on top of that, we international applicants need to do SAT, ACT, APs, SAT test subjects on our own time. Gotcha. Yeah, so we have the board exams, which are very, very competitive in grades 10 and 12. They're all India examinations and only happen once a year. So essentially, you spend the entire year focusing on this one examination. And uh, between 10th and 12th and 11th, you do APs, ACT, SAT, um, studying on your own time using internet resources or online teachers, etc. Wow. Wow. So you're doing that on your own time, in addition to the curriculum that you have to perform very highly in to get your basic grade. Yeah, get your basic grade. That's unbelievable. And so do you find a lot of kids moving from the Indian system of education to the American system of education? Is that a, a pattern that you see? Or do you see individuals really like that competition side of things and continue to stay with it for those reasons? So I think that um, competition is, of course, uh, not just an Indian education system thing. Mm -hmm. Of course, 
have colleges that are incredibly competitive in the US as well. I chose Brown in particular because it focuses more on collaboration, but I did um, apply to schools, successfully apply to schools like Carnegie Mellon or Swarthmore that are also known to be extremely competitive. Mm -hmm. I think the Indian system in particular, which focuses on like a single mark, which is on one to 100, makes it particularly toxic because when you have a gpa it takes internal assessments you have um, class projects you have participation things like that yeah but for us, it's one single exam right so that this one exam this one paper determines your entire grade wow wow that's wow wow that is unbelievable that is yeah that's very stressful i can't even imagine what that would be like honestly unless you lived through it i'm sure you just wouldn't have an idea but you did it. So you decided to come to Brown. And what are you going to be studying at Brown? Uh, I applied as a history student, but I plan to make use of the open curriculum and probably do economics and political science. Oh, very cool. Would that be like a double major or are you considering? Okay, yeah, very cool. And where did this passion for history and economics and political science, where did these all kind of come to be? I think all of them are very um, multifaceted and interconnected subjects. So um, history fascinates me in particular because of its um, influence on pop culture, legislation, like genuinely every aspect of um, our living. And I, I feel like um, economics and political science would probably help me um, for where I want to end up in life. I want to do either public policy or I want to do um, law. And yeah. obviously that's pre-law track. So I'm yeah. exploring all of those areas. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Would you want to stay in the United States or would you want to go back to India? What, what are your thoughts there? I think that's a really interesting question because uh, something else a lot of people probably know is the stereotype or whatever that Indians are particularly focused on STEM subjects like engineering or medic medicine, etc. And it's interesting because a lot of people look to um, live in the United States or get a job there for a couple of years and we're offered um, like work visas if we have STEM degrees. Mm -hmm. so a lot of students actually take STEM degrees only so that they can get that three-year work extension in the US. Gotcha. Yeah, um, but um, I'm so sorry, I've completely gone off track. What was your original question? No, no, I was asking about if you'd like to stay in the United States yeah. or go back. But, um, I think that I want to come back to India because um, I feel like the opportunity to make change would be greater because I feel like it requires a lot of work, especially in public policy and Definitely. Um, the economic sector. Yeah. So how does that work to coming back and having the perspective of, you know, the United States studying here, um, you know, probably internships as well. How does that play into coming back in India in the sense of bringing a new perspective or does that give you an edge in some way or do you feel like maybe there's more that you would gain from staying there the entire time? Like, how does that, how do you view that in your eyes? That's very, that's actually very interesting to explore because in a lot of ways, you're missing out an opportunity if you want to come back work in India. You're not making connections in India. You're not exploring what the Indian political system has to offer because all my internships will be in the US. I won't be interning in India. So a lot of people might think it's missing opportunity, but I feel like the education system in India isn't quite as developed. So I would definitely have um, uh, an edge 
the um, public universities are, aren't as well funded. And that's why I want to take public policy because um, especially humanities subjects, they aren't very well funded and the opportunities for education at least aren't comparable to the US. So while I think studying in the US is a smart option, I think coming back to India and using that knowledge to actually um, make change is, is smart for me. Definitely, definitely. No, that's exciting. I bet you're super excited to go and, and experience everything in these four years and, and really dig into it. Um, you know, I want to touch on kind of how you were able to get into this position that that is setting you up for what you hope to accomplish. Um, you did very well in high school. I see that you were the scholar of the year. Um, you received that award just recently at your high school. So Talk to us about that award and that the significance of that and what it meant to you and what went into that. So, um, I, like I told you, the grade 10 board examination is very, very competitive. And usually the three students that score the highest percentage um, get the Scholar of the Year award. So my average grade was a 97.8. So I was amongst the top three students and it requires like um a lot of a lot of extra studying it's because it's so hyper competitive um we used to actually have like tuition centers after school so you'd spend like seven hours in school and then you drive half an hour to a center to study there for five to six hours oh my goodness. and then you go back home at around 9 30 10 so i remember studying for like 12 13 hours a day i'd sometimes study in the bus as well and honestly, this is probably just my experience because I was I was really intimidated by the big board examination. So I studied whenever I had free time. Mm -hmm. I'm also an athlete. So I was training five, five, six times a week. So I was studying on my way to the stadium or back. And um, yeah, a lot of mock tests before the big examinations from these tuition centers. Wow. And a lot of late nights. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I can't even imagine. And so what kind of athletics did you do? Uh, right. So I, um, I did high jump and triple jump. Um, but high jump is my main event. Uh, I was state champion for five years and I made it to nationals where I ranked fourth all India. So wow. for my category, I was fourth best. Wow. Um, that was the same year. Um, that was during high school, same years when I had to study for board exams and my finals. Oh so my that was. Oh, okay. How did you balance this time? I mean, that is just so much time to be an excellent athlete and to be an excellent student. That that's a very hard goal to accomplish. You primarily see one or the other. How did you do all of this in twenty four hours a day? So I feel like this is a terrible answer, and I probably shouldn't give out this advice. But <laughs> I, my sleep schedule was terrible. Like I was, my sleep schedule was not good. And um, I did, I, I cut out um, a lot of um, social media time. So I didn't have Instagram or Snapchat or anything for like eight months. Um, and that was really hard to do actually, because I know it sounds silly, but we're so dependent now. Like imagine not having Instagram for eight months. Right. So I remember in 10th grade, I deleted like Instagram and Snapchat for like months at a time. and would just tune it all out so I could focus on track and my academics because um, I tend to get like easily distracted. Right. So I thought the last option was completely going off. Yeah, no, that's a great, I actually, I spent 
plenty of time off of social media myself. Um, and I had just recently got an account back this year, I want to say, but it, it is refreshing to be off of it and not feel subject to its burden and focus on what you need to focus on for you to do that at your age. I mean, that's impressive. That's, that's, cause that is, you know, and you're not too much younger than me, um, couple of years, but even, you know, around that age, it, the presence of social media is so much more pronounced than even it was at my age, which is unbelievable. Um, so you were able to excel very highly in track and field. You were able to excel in your academics. You took time off of social media in order to do these things. And that takes a lot of discipline. Your immediate group of friends and colleagues, did you find that that level of discipline was there in a lot of them? Or did you see, was it pretty clear when it was lacking? I'm asking this because, you know, this competitive environment of school primarily seems to be a big driving force in you know the high school minds of, of you know students in India and I'm you know wanting to understand that more you know is everyone as disciplined as yourself or do you find that it's clear when people aren't so I wasn't particularly disciplined either I think it sounds a lot scarier a lot um more stressful than it is or maybe it's just because I'm in that system and used to it I remember ninth grade my grades weren't too good and it didn't seem like I'd be heading to an Ivy or a top 20 college mm. I um while I was um heading to a uh, track recruitment retreat um I met with a bus accident and I was left uh, pretty um shaken after that emotionally as well so um my grades weren't too good and not because of that accident, but I had a lot of other things going on socially and everything. So ninth wasn't, ninth grade was not a good year for me. I think 10th is when I looked at my grades and decided that I'm, I feel like I, I can do a lot better than this. And mm -hmm. then I can do a hyper discipline mode to prove to myself that I can do better than getting B's or. Right. Yeah. So right, right, right. And I guess, with that being said, like, did you find that you had peers that were on that same track as you um, and just weren't as fortunate to be as successful? Or did, was it pretty clear when somebody was maybe not applying their full self and the results would show? I think it's very interesting to be in environments like this because a lot of students would um, pretend like they haven't studied or wouldn't like be completely honest at what they're doing. So they'd be like, oh, I don't take extra help or I don't go for tuitions or things like that, or I don't take mock tests, but everyone sort of secretly is kind of, I guess, preparing for the exam. And right. it's a little toxic because everyone is very competitive with each other. So um, not a lot of people would be like extremely helpful or um, with like notes and stuff like that. Right. So I think, um, also another pattern we notice is we have three sets of examinations before the main boards that is basically internal school exams to help prepare us for the board exam. So a lot of students are very laid back for the first two exams. And by the time the third exam comes, everyone becomes hyper-focused. Gotcha. Um, you really notice people who have been consistent from the very start are academically successful and people that realize that they must do well last minute um, or aren't consistent with their grades tend to really um, have a drop at the end or don't do as well academically. Yeah. So 
discipline is what really helped me. Definitely. No, I think that's great advice in general. I think that the consistency and, you know, not procrastinating or, you know, just kind of taking it easy and then hoping that at the end it'll all work out is, is definitely not a great approach for anything. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's great that you were able to have that hyper discipline and be able to apply yourself and, and achieve your goals. I need to add, I'm so sorry, but I am very guilty of procrastinating and starting last minute. Oh, you and are. I am, and I have done that. But see, this year was that year was particularly successful because I made an active attempt not to do that. How, what so helped you not procrastinate so much? That year, because I, I was really terrified of not meeting my goal. So um, my counselor, like we have, of course, guidance counselors and stuff like that. Um, they basically told me that if this year you don't get a minimum 96%, you can say goodbye to a good college or an Ivy League or a top 20. Wow. So it was given to me very plainly that you get a 96 and come back to me. Otherwise, just don't bother with it. Wow. So the entire year, I had one number in my head, which was 96 and that entire year I worked toward getting that 96 and I think that numbers what was in my head the entire time gotcha so that's really what helped you that specific goal that you were able to see as something tangible I need that 96 that helped you dig into it that's really that's cool that's awesome oh my gosh well it's it's always a pleasure to see somebody who's able to accomplish their goals um not only academically but also um you know, in the sense of athletics as well, you've done some other really amazing things outside of academics. You founded Determined by Hope. So talk to us about this organization. What is it? What do you do? And how did you get involved in this? So um, my mom always, like growing up, she always took me to um, food drives and, you know, various things like that. Um, she really ingrained giving back to your community interview from a young age. So I remember like, obviously a lot of people start volunteering for um, college in high school, but um, I started going to this village near my house named Gadaipur in grade seven, where I'd essentially go there a couple of hours a week, teach the kids um, basic English and math because the, the level of government schools is just terrible. So you'll have a 13 or 12 year old who cannot recite the entire alphabet A to Z. So you need to really start at the very basic. So even as a seventh grader, I was teaching basic math and English. Then this sort of um, grew to um, a bigger project where um, we started raising funds for the village and taking multiple steps to help that everyday life. So for example, um, currently we're in the works of constructing a new classroom for the local school. We are gonna fund fees for certain students who aren't able to continue paying. Um, during COVID, we had drives where we distributed um, masks and sanitizer soap, sort of spoke to the villagers about basic sanitation. Um, we did a plantation drive in another area around the village. We, you know what I mean? Like focusing on a few basic things to raise the overall standard of living. Right, right. that's so impressive. And to start that as a seventh grader and continue it through high school, how was that balancing with everything? I mean, adding that on top of your busy schedule, how were you able to cope? So um, personally, it, it, 
it wasn't it didn't really feel like work like when you go there the children start recognizing you the villagers start recognizing you you form very real human connections with people um i remember some of these kids aren't used to um perhaps the best um methods of teaching they um how do i they don't come from great backgrounds a lot of them might be facing um abusive parents or um, alcoholism at home or some of them are in such poverty that they're working um, at the age of like eight or nine or ten to sort of fund their parents. Most of them are kids of migrant workers and when I say poverty I mean true poverty. They, I've asked them many times have you eaten today? They haven't had anything to eat so it's not just teaching it's also just getting them a small snack or something like right. that. I think when you start forming real connections or understanding um, really uh, getting into touch with the reality of the situation, you, you stop looking at it like work and more as something you do for yourself. Definitely. Yeah, no, 100%. That's, I love that. That's so admirable um, and such a great example that I think so many others can learn from. And another thing really quickly that I want to touch on before we take a break is you were also a speaker, um, a TEDx speaker, correct? Yeah, so there was a school, um, a school TEDx event and they invited me to come for climate change. And that was a very interesting and fun thing to do for sure, yeah. Very cool. T talk to us about that. What was your speech on? And is it, can you find it on the internet? We could, but um, let me, I can try finding it and sending you the link, but yeah, it was- you can do that after this. Yeah, it was a school event, so, um, there's a school in Noida in India, and they tied up with TEDx to sort of do uh, a summit on climate change. They had some very cool people who played music and spoke about the environment and stuff. I personally spoke about how um, uh, we took small steps in the village to make it more eco-friendly, whether it's tiny things like distributing um, cloth bags, because there's a lot of plastic use, or making sure that um, the students are taught um, modules on recycling or uh, taught the basics of waste segregation, you know, things like that, small, small right. steps you can take to start at the grassroots. So essentially, um, touching on the grassroots was my message. Was your, was your presentation? Wow, that's awesome. Was that an unbelievable experience? Would you want to do another TED Talk in the future? It was, it was very cool, but unfortunately it was online because of COVID. Oh. So if I get to do it once more, I'd love to actually be in person and talk to yeah. because this was um, a TEDx sanctioned Zoom which they recorded and uploaded on live platforms which was a great experience but unfortunate so I really hope that one day I can do it in person. Definitely well we are looking forward to that day and Anushka we're going to take a quick little break and come right back into this how does that sound? Great. Okay so we are back and we were just listening to Anushka talk about all that she's been able to do in her high school time, how she was able to balance her schedule, um, how she was able to fit in so many impactful works throughout that busy schedule, um, and really what she looks forward to during her time at Brown in the sense of collaboration and continue, continuing to learn with others and bring her experiences back to India and make an even bigger impact. So Anushka, we're gonna jump into this rapid fire round and ask you some questions. So the first question is, what is your favorite book? 
Um, I'm a little biased to this because it really helped with research I was interested in, but History of Modern India by Bipin Chandra, who's um, a his, um, history buff. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about that, actually, because I, I am interested in that subject. So what's, what is this covering History of Modern India from what time periods? Uh, right. So it's focusing on um, all the major events that have led India to the political and economic state in which it is today. So it touches on things like uh, the Indigo revolts and certain British economic policies, uh, all the way up till um, recent history from 1980s, 1970s. So wow. it's, it's a very comprehensive um, book that sort of explains why India is where it is politically, economically and socially. Interesting. And does it maintain an objective standpoint or is it polarized in one direction or the other? Uh, well, it's hard for me to say because, I mean, of course, I agree with a lot of what's written into this, but of course it is written from an Indian perspective. So um, it, it, it favors it favors India. It is written favorably to India at a lot of points, of course. Yeah, but I think, I think writing history objectively it, isn't possible there's always going yeah yeah no cool interesting we'll have to check it out um next question who is your most influential role model my most influential role model probably my grandmother your grandmother very nice why why your grandmother uh well she started she started her own company with no uh, training in her field as uh, the wife of a Navy officer, and now she's doing incredibly well. She's 78, I think, and still goes to work every day, and she's wow. active. She just, she just does a lot, yeah. That is awesome. Oh my goodness. Okay, next question. Who is your favorite teacher, and what grade was that? Uh, my favorite teacher is probably my math teacher, who um, taught me in grades 10 and 12. She was always very helpful, very supportive. I remember she's taken sessions at in at like 10 at night, 11 at night on Sundays when we wow. had doubts and confused. So she was always very proactive. She gave us her personal number to help with doubts and everything. So she was she was a very sweet teacher. Oh my goodness, that is unbelievable. Um, what are you most looking forward to next year at Brown? Um, so I'm, uh, I'm queer, so I'm actually looking forward to being able to be in a space that's really accepting and uh, explore um, people from different diverse backgrounds. I think that's uh, something I'm really excited about. Also, I'm really excited about studying in person. India has been strictly online for two years. So I think studying subjects I'm passionate about in person is going to be exciting. Definitely, definitely, definitely. That's, that is super exciting. Um, next question. What is the most stressful part of being a student day in and day out? I think for me, the most stressful part being a student in high school was um, like thinking about what if it doesn't work out or amount to anything. So for, for me, it was what if despite doing all of this, I don't get into any of the schools I really want to go to. Right. And I think risk factor was, was extremely stressful. Yeah, gosh, golly, I, I remember feeling bits of that. Um, I know that your, your curriculum was probably more intense than mine, but good Lord. What would you say the most meaningful way for students to help each other is? That's a good question. I feel like um, 
there are many different ways students can help each other, but probably would just be a little bit more empathy. I think high school is a rough time for everyone, whether it's sharing your notes, whether it's, um, you know, just being a little kinder to everyone, I think. I think being just more empathetic in general is probably the best way to go forward. I love that. I love that. And what is your biggest hope to accomplish during your time on Earth? I hope that whatever I do, um, I'm able to stomach whatever I do. I stay true to what I believe in and that I'm able to make a positive difference. I love that. that is, that's a great answer. Next question. Last question, what is the top piece of advice for those who are early in their educational journey or they're in their educational journey and still looking for direction? What advice would you give those people? So um, this might be extremely basic, but I'm going to give my own example. I've always been really interested in um, debate and MUN and stuff like that, but I remember trying out and comparing myself to the best, like people who had years of training and experience and feeling like I'm not good enough, so just not doing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm someone who thrives in competition, and I feel like because I'm so competitive as a person, I didn't do it. That's why I'm looking forward to Brown that focuses on collaboration and learning. So I feel like um, when you shift the focus from being the best at something, to starting to build a new skill, you're probably going to be less scared to try out new things. I love Which I really regret. I really regret not trying debate and stuff like that. And I wish I hadn't gone into it thinking I want to be the best and thought I just want to learn a new skill. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. Um, you know, when you're, gosh, I just, I can relate to that on so many different levels. Um, you, you can overwhelm yourself with the pressure that you put on trying to be the best instead of trying to improve yourself to the best you can, which I think ultimately leads to the spot you'd hope to go if you are consistent. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. But Anushka, you have been such a wonderful guest. Um, it has been so great to hear about everything that you've been able to do. And it's gonna be so exciting to see where you go in the future, all that you're able to accomplish and from all the lessons you've already learned to all the lessons you will learn, I know that you are going to continue making such great impact. So thank you, thank you. Where can people follow your work, what you're up to and keep up to everything you're doing? Uh, I do have social media, which is just Anushka underscore Bindra. My bio has uh, links to my organization and stuff like that. So you can follow my work there. Awesome, well, go give her a follow. And uh, Anushka, again, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you.